Yo, 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 it's X. It's your boy, Crizzo. And welcome to the podcast, What's Out Media Group. Happy New Year, everybody. I think this is our first, you know, bit of content for the new year. And today we have Zach Schwartz. I've known Zach for a while. Zach, how are you? I'm good, man. I'm uh, glad to be here. And uh, yeah, happy New Year, new year to everyone. Word, word, word. So, uh, Zach, uh Tell the people what 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 are you? How would you describe yourself? I call you an entrepreneur. I call you you know a journalist. I call you a whole mix of a bunch of things. But what would you call yourself? Yeah, I mean, I think first and foremost, I'm a writer. Um, so you know, I've I've like been a journalist. Am a journalist. Um, have been writing a lot of stuff for years. As um, as I guess you know, and and um, you know, even when I write music and stuff like that, I'm still just writing. So I think I'm a writer. Um, you know, born and bred got some good uh you got some decent short films i've seen you know i've seen a lot of different different cool things so uh let's talk um yeah man uh so i'll bring it back to you know launch house days back in the day i was a uh you could call me a middle school michael scott that's the best way you could describe it um i was at this place called the shaker launch house from uh, my seventh to eighth grade year just really we kind of just our our group kind of just bs around we just hung out and learned different things from a lot of different entrepreneurs and um i think a year in uh you show up i think you're a senior or maybe a junior at like solon high school right you're in high school yeah and you start uh what is it the lighthouse program and uh i mean we we have mutual friends because of uh you know davion and uh shout out davion uh, but, uh, yeah, let's talk about the lighthouse for a little bit. Cause I think that is just such a unique thing. I don't think a lot of people have even experienced that. So, uh, yeah. Could you give us a little insight yeah. on that? Yeah. So, um, so lighthouse Ohio was, or just let's call it leap. Cause that's basically what it became was a uh, leap was like a summer program, uh, that was ran out of the shaker launch house and funded, um, by the shaker launch house and others, which, um, I and a few others uh, helped create. Um, but at the time, it was uh, like the nation's first uh, for I mean, to this day, I mean, I haven't seen anything else. Um, I think maybe people have tried to do it since I think like Peter Thiel or whatever funded high school kids. Um, but we were basically taking uh, high school students um, and like giving them I think it was like a thousand dollars or something like that 500 or a thousand dollars to, um, you know, start their business ideas. And I actually think, um, you know, our friend Dave Yon, um, that was when he started. Well, he'd already he's always been doing it, you know, with with or without us, he would have been doing it. Um, of course, he was one of the people in that program. Um, he was doing a video game company. Um, there were people doing stuff like landscaping companies. There were like toy companies, um, software development companies, all run by high school students. Um, and then we were kind of mentoring them. You know, I know we did a lot of presentations on like how to public speak, how to write good emails, um, but it was a lot of fun. Um, there was a lot of really good energy um at the launch house around that time and it was a really it was really dope to be a part of it yeah without a doubt without a doubt um very interesting w what were some of your favorite experiences there and what did it teach you uh i guess just in general because i know I, i've learned a lot of like you know valuable lessons from my time at launch house yeah um what, what are some things that you learned um I think um, it was sort of just being empowered. Like, um, I, I don't, you probably know Bob Means, the director. Um, yeah. You know, all those people, you know, uh, Todd Goldstein, Dark Caldwell, Shannon Leons. Um, um, you know, uh, we were, um, I was like an 18 year old kid, um, and they basically believed 
in my idea to start leap and gave us the whole space you know this whole awesome building it had like a chicken coop out back it had you know just it was like a really dope co-working spaces when that wasn't a really big thing um and then i think we kind of transferred that down to the people who were only just you know two or three years younger than us but it was all sort of just like people empowering kids who were empowering other kids and i know that program continued even for a year after i left maybe a year or two after i left um so i think it was that was probably the biggest thing is just being like oh wow like you really can um do it uh you can kind of just you know believe in yourself and and um you know be an entrepreneur or, or do your thing um especially if there's like older people who are helping you so that was probably the biggest inspiration i think in terms of experiences you know it was just being able to um you know even meet people like yourself like young entrepreneurs creative people people like davion um you know i'll, I'll you know and, and obviously a lot of us did stay in contact so i think that was probably the best thing about it yeah, and, and I think that's super cool because, uh, yeah, I was just going to say, I, I still keep in contact with a, with a lot of guys who were part of the LEAP program. You know, uh, you know Jacob, I, I can't think of his last name, but Jacob, he ran Bexham. I remember that was his uh, clothing yeah, yeah, yeah. group. Um, he ended up being in a sport of mine. I just saw him in Boston, Boston, and, like, we just ran past each other. Like, we were just kind of, like, walking by, and I'll go, Jacob? And he goes, Xavier, how are you? And then like, you know, it was like just a throwback. So like, yeah, it's really cool. Or, uh, you know, I remember the kid Isaiah who had the ties. Like, I remember a lot of these guys. So yeah, yeah, very nice. So, uh, so you went to Solon. Uh, how would you say, what was your experience at like going to Solon High School? Like, what was your upbringing? Like, how, how, how was that? Yeah, I mean, so I only, I went to Solon in middle school. Before that, I was in, um, I was on the west side of Cleveland. But um I mean, Solon was cool, you know, um, it's like a suburban school. I guess the cool thing about us is that like Kid Cudi went there. He graduated from there. Um, Ooh. I think, Kid yeah. Cudi went to Shaker first, you know. And then he went to Solon, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we kind of had that that connection. I always kind of felt like, because there would be kids from Shaker who would go to Solon. And, um, you know, I think uh, Solon in some ways was kind of like, um, I don't know. I, what I do know is that Shaker Heights probably had this way more. Um, but Solon did have a pretty good amount of diversity, like in every single way, like economic diversity, yeah. uh, racial diversity, whatever, you know, any national diversity. We had like Israeli people there and stuff like that. And I think that was a really good thing. I um, I uh, really appreciated that because, um, you know, I'd be going and like, you know, to, like there'd be like I'd go skateboard to my friend's house before school and you know there'd be like crazy stuff going on like you know his parents would be like strung out or whatever and i'd have to go like pick him up or whatever and then um and then we would go to like our friend's house who was just like super wealthy and had a pool and all that stuff um so it's kind of like just having those kind of like really disparate experiences in solon um which you wouldn't really expect because solon kind of has a reputation as like this really sheltered suburb which it was for a lot of people I think if you were like a risk-taking skateboarder kid, which I was at the time, um, it kind of opened up a little bit more. And I feel like as I went through life, those experiences kind of kept going. Because when I went to college, you know, I still hung out with skateboarders. So I was just hanging out with kids in the city in Harlem and whatever. And then I'd have to go and go to college and, you know, hang out with whatever uh, super rich kids. So, you know, yeah, years and Hogwarts zone and all that stuff. <laughs> So, yeah, without a doubt, I mean, uh, I think that's the same kind of uh, view that people have about Shaker. They don't really yeah. understand. I got friends who, you know, everything was government subsidized, right? <clears throat> and then, oh, we'd hang out, and then we go hang out with somebody whose dad was a CEO of some, like, crazy company. So it was just kind of like, that's how it was. And I, I think 
I think that makes us, I'm not like, you know, tuning our horns, but it makes us maneuverable in so many different areas because we, we've been in such such an economically diverse area and such a like, you know, just a diverse area in general. Like I can like vibe with almost anybody, almost anybody. Yeah, Which, yeah. Same, same. And I also think, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, but y'all really went to the to the place that everyone wants to go. You know, I, I meet people from around uh, the uh, country and they have like fake ideas that's fake IDs that say Shaker Heights High School because they just have heard of it because they think it's cool because of like Kid Cudi and MGK. Damn. Yes, yeah, so you guys have a so so even in Solon we were like we would have Asian kids come over from Shaker and they'd be like, man, Shaker's the real deal. Like I'm cool because I went to Shaker. We were like, all right, respect. And that's crazy because when I got into high school, it kind of like reversed because now it's like, oh, these Solon kids. But then I ended up becoming good friends with people from Solon. So I, I was like, yo, this is like this. It kind of turned into some type of rivalry at some point. So. Yeah, yeah. But I guess we got a, there's like a kind of a, a friendship now between Shaker and Solon people. So without a doubt, without a doubt. Uh, so where'd you end up going to college and and the skating vibe? Like, have you always been a skater? Has that always been? Because I've always been into like, you know, uh, trans world, like type, you know, like BMX, you know, freaking skate, like trans world. You know what I'm saying? Like, I've been into that type of culture since I was like, I can't even remember. But like, when when did you get into this? I got into skating in eighth grade and, and um, you know, I think I just, I don't know, I, I, that was really like the first thing that I think uh, before that I was kind of just you know, a quiet kid, kind of kept to myself, didn't have too many friends or whatever. And then I started skating and kind of applied, you know, my work ethic or I would skate like four or five hours a day. Um, so I got pretty good, like pretty quickly. And, and then because of that, I was able to make friends. I mean, I think skating is like the one of the best things I think for a kid to do because it really opened my world and, and taught me a lot of stuff like and, and you got to pay it in blood too. Like I remember learning like kick flips and tray flips and stuff like that. And I still have the scars on my, uh, on my shin bones from skating. Um, and I feel like just that sort of discipline that it teaches you in the sense of empowerment and accomplishment. And also the fact that it is a little dangerous, I think is actually good for kids. Like being away from parents and uh, you know, skating and, and you know, just learning all that stuff. Also expose you to a lot of bad stuff, but I don't, you know, I, who, who knows really how, how bad that is. You know, a lot of drugs, all that stuff. Um, you know, maybe it's it's it 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 it, it takes away some of the uh, the. It's it just it's just it's just good, I think, for some young people to like experience not like actually doing drugs, but just like kind of opening your eyes to, um, you know, we would hang out with like way older people and stuff like that. Um, and then I went to Columbia, in New York, um, and so interesting experience um, going there, and then still you know hanging out with skaters. Um, I didn't really connect with, I would say, too many people in that college. Um, definitely made a few really good friends, but um, overall I was hanging out with kids who like, I actually wrote an essay about it um, for Vice called, uh, it's probably still to date, maybe the thing that's gotten the most views, like million, like I still meet people who were like, I made my college decision based off that article. But, um, you know, it was stuff like, like you know, uh, this may, this sounds silly now in retrospect, but it was like, I remember going there and like no one knew how to like roll a blunt or like smoke that no one ever like smoked a, they were like it was like kids like drinking water and thinking it was alcohol just like super sheltered kids from like new york new jersey or california who only ever went to private schools um so um yeah it was kind of uh it was for even for me uh coming from seoul and it was like a culture shock i was like wow these kids really have never experienced anything like i just saw that girl take a shot of water and start stumbling around and i'm like wow this is crazy because i had, at that point i'm not gonna <laughs> I kind of try to keep this on the low now, but it's like, I mean, I had, had done like everything in the book at that point. And I was like, you know, that was actually when I was so, you know, 
I'm gonna live a clean life from now on. So, yeah. I like I would say that. So like in uh, when I was in high school, I, I definitely I I lived a little. I guess I'll put it like that. Yeah. And so. uh, when uh, when I got into you know school, I, I could we didn't have as many sheltered kids as you know I could imagine in uh, Columbia, but we had sheltered kids, and we could definitely see our our homeschool kid, kids. I'm not coming at homeschool kids either, but I'm just saying you could definitely tell there was definitely like oh okay. Oh, you haven't done this before. <laughs> oh, you haven't like you haven't blacked out before. You know, like you know what I'm saying. Yeah. You you haven't experienced these things before, and I'm thinking this is like natural. And uh, I don't know. I I, I totally I, I I definitely connect with you on that one. I definitely understand uh, that. I feel like going to Shaker and 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 all that stuff. I mean, it it, it just gives you good experience and perspective. I think that is uh, I think really important for being a interesting person not that someone you know if they lived that life they couldn't be that at all you know um but um yeah it was just a culture shock at first definitely it was low-key uh the same for me like when i was in high school all throughout high school i was just sober i was really focused on basketball like in track like i was playing sports so i didn't want to drink or to smoke or anything like that because of the fear that it would affect my performance on the court or on the field or whatever. And like, I remember when I was in middle school, like eighth grade, like they used to tell me like, Oh, wait till you get to high school, you're going to be a alcoholic or a pothead or whatever. And like, I like, I had a, like, like a vow, like, all right, when I go to high school, I'm going to be sober, like all throughout. And I was right. But when I got to JU, right. Jacksonville, uh that kind of changed right right like the first party i went like i I tried my first blunt you know tried a little bit of alcohol it sucked right i didn't know how to smoke at first you know i didn't know how to drink but you know later on i got it adjusted and you know it turns out you know you know i graduated and like i I ended up with, with pretty good grades so it wasn't as bad as i you know, initially thought it was so. Yeah. Well, I feel like basketball. You to play basketball in high school, in any level, really, uh, past like middle school, you kind of got to be tough, and it probably teaches you a lot of other things that people don't really learn. So, that's always been my impression. With, with not maybe not with track, because I did track too. You know, we would just goof off. Okay. Basketball. Yeah. Is like, uh, you know, it, it it requires some. I mean, level of toughness for sure. I respect that a lot. Yeah. So then you got in. So you were always you were always a writer. Did you go in as a writer? Did you go in as an English major? Like, was that what you studied? No, I was. Um, I was. Uh, I actually didn't. I almost failed out of college because I couldn't write academic papers. Because mm-hmm. uh, I was writing outside. Like, I started writing in the site called Thought Catalog, and then by my sophomore year, I was writing for like Rap Genius, which is Genius.com now, which. It's not that big anymore, which is funny. A lot of people uh, don't, don't no longer recognize it, but um, I was like writing for Vice and stuff like that. Um, but um, yeah, I almost I was on academic probation. I should maybe I shouldn't even say this, but I you know, who cares? I was I was I had really bad grades because I couldn't write academic papers because I felt like I was kind of like compromising something in my soul. Like it wasn't even something like I was like, like I didn't want to be like that. It just I just couldn't do it. I could I felt like I couldn't be like really like fake in that regard um and and i would always mean to do it i would but i'd be like okay i'm gonna go to the library i'm gonna work on my own writing and then it's like at 1 a.m i'll start writing the college paper and then 1 a.m would hit and i would have done all my own writing and i'd be like okay i'm gonna go to bed and wake up and then i just it would just never get done so um 
uh, near the end of college, I switched over to being an art student, like visual arts, not art history, but actually like screen printing and sculpture and design and photography. And yeah, I mean, and then I excelled in that and I loved it. So, um, and then all that stuff like helped me. Like um, I learned more about writing in my photography class than uh, in any other class I've ever, uh, I've ever learned. It was this guy, Thomas Roma, who actually got really canceled, but he was like a really great, you know, photographer, like a historic American photographer. And he'd always talk about art and, you know, you should feel uh, embarrassed. You should feel like stupid when you show people your art because that means that's the only time that you're probably gonna get something good. Um, stuff like that, just like lessons like that that I still remember. Um, so, so yeah. So I was doing all my writing outside of college. Word, word, word. That's, that's pretty dope. Uh, so why did your uh, photography professor get canceled? Is there yeah, well, a story if, towards that? Yeah, if you, it was like during the height of the Me Too movement. I guess he had like... Um, <sighs> slept with students which he definitely shouldn't have and it came to back to bite him um i guess they the students had stayed in contact with him for years afterwards but then decided at one point that they were just going to go to the new york times and say that he had slept with them and which he, i'm sure he did but um it was just all bad stuff and and seems like a real bad situation but uh he was a great photographer a great artist is i mean uh, you know he's still alive so he's still here yeah uh, <laughs> Without a doubt, I didn't mean to make that joke. <laughs> it is what it is. Uh, okay, so uh, outside of school, uh, writing, how did how did you like? How did you get into that? Um, I um, I mean, I always been writing. I had like a little magazine for my family when I was like eleven or twelve, which was really. I mean, when I go back and look, it was pretty good work for a kid. Um, and then I was like writing in high school. Like I was writing about like rap and doing still stuff that was kind of controversial or whatever for my school paper. Um, but uh, I started right. I just, you know, I just wanted to do it. And then I kind of just worked my way up. I started writing for this blog called The Fat Startup, which was like this, like back in 2012. Um, yeah, 2012. Like this was like the beginning of a lot of stuff that now just seems commonplace. Like people see like Silicon Valley, rappers, entrepreneurship, they all see it as the, the same stuff. Um, but back then, the fat startup was like the only people making that point. Um, they're no longer around. They, you know, disbanded a while ago, a few, like, you know, probably five, six years ago. Um, but I remember writing stuff for them about like why uh, Gucci Mane was like actually a good business role model. And like, and I remember writing stuff for Rap Genius about like why Kanye actually like I remember writing something defending him when he said, you know, you can still find foreign blog posts in 2013 of people laughing at Kanye saying this idiot, uh, this clown, this buffoon thinks he's going to be a billionaire and I'm going to be a billionaire too. Like, like what a stupid, and like you, could, you could, yeah, we kind of, yeah, you can kind of tell where, where that was coming from, but, um, yeah. And I remember writing pieces, defending him and, and defending people like Gucci Mane and just being like, no, Gucci was actually like, seems like a great CEO. Um, Kanye has like really good ideas. Like don't doubt that he's going to be a billionaire, that he's actually going to make waves in fashion. And this is all before the, any of them did any of that stuff. And then um, kind of randomly, I transitioned to like writing about like love and dating for Thought Catalog. Like I remember my first two pieces for Thought Catalog. The first one was like my in. I was like rappers who've actually killed people. And then the second one was like how to get back with the girl who broke up with you. It was just like totally <laughs> abrupt switch. Um, but then and then from there, I, I started writing for um, Vice, which was just like another total abrupt switch to just like journalism. And then kind of from there, you know, the rest is history, as they say. I just started writing for Vice and um just been writing ever since word, word word so it's more on the rap side Grizzle, you got any questions um 
Shoot. I mean, um, so you say you started uh, to write in, in high school, right? In high school? Yeah. yeah. So do you have anything like released or? Yeah. Yeah. From high school. Okay. Well, I mean, there's actually stuff online. Um, I like wrote for like Patch, like the Solon Patch. That was like probably my first like public writing. But um, a lot of stuff is just like in print high school newspapers. But um, I remember it would just be stuff like, you know, I would go try like a $100 steak in Cleveland and then I'd go try like a $1 steak in Cleveland and like compare them. Um, just stuff like that. I remember writing about like ASAP Rocky when he first came out, um, stuff like that. Okay. Yeah. X was actually telling me about that, about your, uh, ASAP Rocky experience or. Yeah. I mean, I read one of your articles about ASAP. That's all I was saying. Oh yeah. 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 I've written, I, I was a big fan back in the day. But he, he, I don't know what happened. He just kind of stopped releasing music. So yeah, I don't, I don't know. Like you know, he's with Rihanna now. Like he's, you know, I don't know. You know, yeah, he's enjoying himself. So, so uh, would you? Oh, oh, sorry, my back. Oh, I, I was just gonna say, like, 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 are you still writing anything, or like, are you still, you know, for like from time to time, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I write pretty regularly. Um, and and I guess we can kind of talk about this. Um, maybe. Um more like later on or whatever but um yeah i mean I'm, I'm still right i'm still doing feature stuff um so all the time pretty much word um what i was gonna say was uh so you you would i'd kind of put you in like the new media category like where like media was kind of like still edgy still like internet-ish like that type of vibe like it's probably like early 2010s is yeah. when like it was like at its peak would you would you would you call yourself that? Would you say that you were in that category or a little after? Yeah. yeah, I think so. I think I kind of think of it was like my first run was kind of like because all the people I was working with, like older millennials and I'm like super young millennial, like arguably cusp of Gen Z. I know you guys are, are Zoomers, right? Yeah. Great, great <laughs> generation. Much better than millennials. Uh, seriously. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, so I would be like 19, 20, hanging out with these like 27, 28 year olds. And then now I'm kind of doing my different work now. And then I'm sort of meeting a lot of the people that I knew then now, but in like different contexts. Um, so yeah, I, I, I consider myself kind of like the end of the blog era. I was a, a very, very minor character, but I think uh, I, knew, I knew a lot of people and, and I did do stuff I know on Vice that had some impact on, on the paradigm or whatever, so. So really cool. what what was it like working for Vice and like how long did you uh, work for them and when did you see like a I wouldn't say culture shift but like a narrative shift or like okay we're gonna focus on this now like you know like 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 tell me about that yeah I mean so so writing for Vice in college because I was also like probably the youngest writer one of the youngest writers ever because I was writing for them when I was nineteen. And going to college at that time when Vice was like the hottest brand in the world um, was like a really cool experience, like to the point where like people would recognize a few times I had gotten like recognized like on the street or when I'd be with people or like I'd be with my girlfriend in an elevator and someone would turn around and be like, I know who you are. And I'd be like, oh, like nice. Like, <laughs> okay. um, but um, but uh um, yeah, I mean, I mean, people would audibly react if you told them you wrote for Vice, especially that agent. Also, because it'd be like I would go to Columbia Journalism School and uh, it would be like opening for like news writing advice, like, you know, just writing like news bits and, 
you know, uh, later on, some people got internships advice. They were just covering news. And I was like, bro, I'm, you know, playing chess with Jizza, going to eat out with like G, you know, going to eat at a steak dinner with G. Like I was really doing like big stories, spending 20 hours in a strip club. They'd hand you like an envelope full of like $500 cash and just be like, all right, go to the strip club and stuff like that. And I always lied about my age too. Cause I remember trying to get into the vice 20th anniversary party. And I was like denied entry. Cause I wasn't 21. I was like 19 or 20 at the time. Um, so it was really like amazing experience, kind of intoxicating. Um, and then vice collapsed. Um, so when I was in college, like I I already started kind of noticed it around like 2016. Um, I feel like it kind of went the way of all media. I mean, vice just became Buzzfeed. Um, they just suck. Like, like, uh, I was reading something recently or watching someone, someone was like, man, vice once in a, not only once in a generation, once in like a civilization opportunity that they blew, like they could have been the biggest thing ever. They could have been right. Yeah. Bigger than rolling, and then and then they just blew it all, and now it's just like you know they're just parodies of themselves. They're like a husk of a place, and you know it just sucks. So I think in 2016, 2017, we kind of saw that happen to like all media, all the legacy media just sort of became I think really out of touch with people, and um, you know just sort of became focused on like really inane things and Buzzfeed lists and you know that sort of thing. So. By like uh, 2018 or maybe, uh, oh, I won't say 2018, maybe 2019, I had a communication history class and you had to write it on something that you were interested in. I ended up writing it on like the rise and fall because it was almost, it was already essentially at the fall of yeah, like yeah. Vice. And, uh, you know, it was really interesting. I didn't, I didn't know like how it was kind of like, you know, um, I can't think of the guy, uh, McGavin or whatever that like he was a yeah, yeah, punk conservative. Yeah, like he was in that and then like they kind of switched up, but it was still punky. Like, you know what I the first time I ever experienced Vice was in uh middle school with um he's this artist, man, and he he was hot hitchhiking around America. And I was like, I really want to do it, but I can't think of the artist, man. Uh it, it, it's on the tip of my tongue. I'll get back to it. But uh yeah, like Vice always had like something edgy or like yeah. When I got into high school, they had like Weedicator, you know what I'm saying? Like all the like weed based like stories and all that. Like it was like that's what I remember of Vice. Like and that that was near the end too. Like right? Would you say? Yeah, yeah. I mean, no, nah, no, nah, you 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 got it exactly right. I mean, twenty. I mean, it was already to the point where like 2016, 2017. You used to be able to tell there were like be groupies and stuff like that. Like you used to be able to tell someone that you were for Vice in like 2012, 2013, and there would literally be like an audible reaction, an audible sort of like, let me get closer to you. You know, it, it was kind of weird actually. And then 2016, you know, if I told someone I refer, I, I, I'm actually ashamed of it. I mean, I'm not ashamed of my work, but I would never like, like, like I took it off. I'm pretty sure my like Twitter bio and stuff like that. I'm just like, because I'd written after that and the years after I wrote for like Rolling Stone and Playboy and kind of had like a little thing as like a freelancer for those kind of magazines. But I, I was just like stopping telling people that I had written for Vice um, or that I had byline there because I think now it's just like, it's a kind of like a narc thing. Like I'm like, damn, like I don't want anyone to think I'm a Vice journalist. <laughs> people are suspicious now if you tell them you're a Vice journalist. So yeah, Vice played out and they really blew it just like all legacy media did and they're, it's all over for them. Yeah, and that was one of the main things that was a downfall. I just kind of just talked about, like, the funding that they ended up getting. And, like, every time they got more eyes on it, then it was like, oh, okay. Then let's, like, oh, Disney's in. Okay, now so-and-so's in. Now you got, like, all these different, like, corpses in. Sorry. I think I think it's it's because it's they got they used to be provocative and, and sort of offensive in a really kind of cool way. 
just the way that you know a lot of great art has to be provocative like i think anything you see like kanye do is just provocative and um and i think that they became scared to like offend people um and i think that you know when you get in that zone um i don't know it seems and especially it's just like i mean their own writers are out of touch it's all just like you know like kind of like wealthy kids who just like went to you know college or whatever which a lot of people do but i'm just saying it's just like yeah it's uh no that's way. something I really want to touch on. I think I think that would be the next thing. But uh, I just want to shout it out. It was the David Cho uh, thumbs up. David Cho is like amazing artist in my opinion, and like uh, he had this like thing called thumbs up, and he just was would actually like hitchhike America. He had a pistol on himself. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's dope. I actually know who that is. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, th I thought it was, it, back in the day, like middle school me was like geeking out watching stuff yeah. like that. <laughs> Let's talk about that. Um, we got a, a lot of times, a lot of journalists in a, in a lot of different areas, like they're out of touch, but they're out of touch because like, uh, you know, where they grew up, honestly. So I, they don't understand uh, struggle, I guess. You know what I'm saying? Do you understand the question I'm trying to put out? Uh, when did this happen? Has this always been the case? Like, yeah. I mean, the people running media, it's like all the kids I went to college with. It's just like people who you know, um, went to like private schools and their whole life, which again, there's people who go to private schools their whole life and are, you know, super geniuses and super interesting people. So it doesn't automatically mean that. Um, but, um, you know, they're just, um, they, uh, they went to like private high schools, private colleges, like have very little experience and, and I think see the world in this sort of like very simple matter of like, oh, this bad, this good, like this bad, this good. And, um, yeah, and then a lot of my classmates, you know, they, uh, again, like, not to shit on them, I, I respect so many of them, but a lot of them, you know, I now see who are, like, just so out of, like, you'd have kids um, who went to college with who, like, had, like, five different houses, you know, waited on by butlers and maids their whole lives, and then they go to, like, the New Damn. York Times, now, and, and now they're just, like, you know, writing about, like, social justice and stuff like that, but how could you even really write about that if you never, if that's, like, your whole, if, if your whole life you've lived in privilege, and then, you know, that's actually why I like um, living in Cleveland, because I feel like I'm around like reasonable people. I'm around normal people. I can be myself. You know, all my friends in New York, I think, are um, really um, repressed uh, in terms of like it's it's funny. New York used to be kind of like the city of like outcasts and weirdos. And now it's like in New York, every single person I met has the same ideology about everything. Um, so that's why I like being in Cleveland. I don't know if I'm going to be here forever. I might actually move out after this year, but um yeah, I just, uh, I like being in the element um, because uh, a lot of people just don't have real life experience, you know? Yeah, and I think that, I think that kind of brings it back to like the old Soul and Shaker thing is we saw so many different aspects of it. So we had more of an understanding, more of like, we're more sympathetic, I guess, to situations uh, and diff different like types of situations. Like yeah. one, of my, one of my buddies who is like, you know, I'm not calling him out or anything, but he's a classmate of mine at Shaker. And he's like, oh, if any of your friends are depressed, just give him money. Like, put this on his, like, uh, put this on his Instagram. And I was like, yo, 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 yo. I was like, bro, I know people who got a lot of money and are depressed. I know people, you know, there's a lot of, like, where, where are you coming up with this? And, like, you know, he ends up going to IVs or whatever. But I'm like, yo, I don't. Have you been out? Or have, and I'm like, I got to recognize, like, I've seen different aspects of life. Like, maybe he never, like, went to that corner. Or he never had a friend that had struggles or anything like that. Or even, like, 
have friends that had money that had struggles like and like legitimate ones like he posted it it was kind of like yeah well if you're wealthy then like you just have no struggle like you you might if the, if you're depressed that it's not a real thing it's like where are you like yeah. where are we at you know what i'm saying it's kind of like so bizarre yeah i feel like some of the most miserable people are probably the richest but but some of the most miserable people are also probably the poorest. so i feel like it kind of goes but yeah 100 percent. I, I totally uh i know what you're you know i feel what you're saying so yeah i mean so uh what else let's talk about counter oh yeah so counter magazine um the uh the world's best magazine um so it's an alternative magazine um i write for and kind of am um yeah i'm, I'm involved in um we just went to houston this is actually i think maybe the first time i'm, I'm saying it um, but i was just in houston with um i don't know if you remember samir yeah, I remember yeah. Samir. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, so we went to Houston to go film a documentary on these like internet lifters um, on Instagram. This guy Dark Iron Gains on Instagram, who's like this really popular uh, lifter. He's kind of started this movement. Um, but yeah, I'm you know I write for Counter. Um, I just did another story for them. I was published on Monday about going to Roswell, um, you know, seeing a UFO, all that stuff. So highly recommend people check it out. Counter with the e at the end dot com. But um, yeah, um, loving writing for them. It's um yeah I, I I yeah that's yeah I guess that's that's the beginning of it at least um yeah. So how would you how would you describe it? How would you uh, w- would you call it vice? Would you call it a, a not not really vice? vice. But we, how, how would you vice. how'd you explain? Based vice. Based vice. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but but I think kind of going in like a because I know there's a a bunch of other influences and and even in my own stuff with them um there's a lot of like different influences um early internet stuff Newgrounds um Homestar Runner um you know uh what else um uh Mad Magazine uh early Rolling Stone Anarchist Cookbook um so I think I, I kind of consider it there was like new media and now there's like I don't even know if it's like, I think there's already things, something called new, new media, but then counter would be like new, new, new media. So. And it brings together like, you know, humor, it brings together, you know, some just some craziness. It, gets, it, it has like all those good combinations. So yeah, I mean, I definitely understand it. Uh, what's been your, what's been your favorite, uh, you know, thing to work on so far? Yeah, I did um, one of John McAfee's last interviews like ever. I don't know if you guys know who that is, but he's like, yeah, I mean, I think yeah, he's- yeah. Little more well known now. Um, I did one of his ever last ever interviews. It was actually one of the first pieces for Counter. Um, it, it's which is really cool because he I had known him for a few years before that because I did a story with him. But I told him about Counter and he was like he was charging like ten thousand dollars an hour for people to talk to him. I mean, he did that one for free and he basically said like he was never gonna um, that Epstein didn't kill himself. He wasn't gonna kill himself and then he got arrested a few I think like two weeks after that. And um, I interviewed this dude Alexander Dugan who I encourage people actually not to Google. I know because I say that everyone will, but he kind of gets pain, get a bad rep, but he's like the advisor to Vladimir Putin, um, kind of founded like the Russian school of geopolitics. So he's kind of like a world historical figure. I did that for counter. Um, what else? Um, yeah, I, I think those are two good ones. Um, so yeah, I think I think those are probably like my two, fa- I, there's a lot more I'm just forgetting, but um, yeah. 
Hey man, that's amazing. That's that's really a, a really good accomplishment, man. John McAfee, you know, he's um a very interesting character, you know. Yeah. I definitely say that. So, you know, shout out to you. What made you wanna like start encounter? Like 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 what were you doing like right before that? Like what made you like like just jump into doing your own thing? Like what what gave you that motivation? Yeah, so I didn't. Um, I'm there. There's a few people who started Counter. You know, I, I I write for Counter. I'm involved in it, but um, you know, uh, I uh, wish I could claim all that credit, but I can't. Um, but what made me start writing for them was total disillusionment with media. I mean, like I don't know if you guys how familiar you guys with this. Do you guys know like the no fat movement? Yeah, Seven of course. Yeah. Like, I mean, what do you, you guys have like a positive opinion, neutral, negative? I um, think I think it's pretty positive. Yeah, yeah I, I think it's pretty positive. You know, like it, it the uh, monks practice it, different yeah, priests yeah. practice it. So Eastern philosophy, Western philosophy. I think it's pretty good. Uh, sometimes people can go a little bit overboard. Like, yeah. I, I like I saw this one video. It was like why I broke up with my girlfriend because of semen retention. I was like, dude, like yo, like I like it's a little bit overboard, but you know, but I definitely support the movement for sure. Yeah, yeah. What about you, Xavier? Um, you know, in some aspects, I think it's all right. You know, uh, I think about like even fighters. I think like you know Mike Tyson and stuff like that, or you know like boxing and stuff. And I actually do think that sometimes you know it's good to kind of like okay, relax on it, buddy. Because if you're like yanking it all the time, yeah. I, I feel like that that has some you know health. You're gonna need some help. You know what I'm saying? So uh, I, I get it. Like, but I don't get the. Um, I don't get that. Like, I'm not, I'm not like ragging on anybody either, but like it has such a crazy, like following, like not crazy in a bad way, but like it has a big following. Like there's a whole podcast, like people will listen to like three hours about no fat. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. And I like the meme aspect though too. Like, you know, yeah, like no, yeah. <laughs> no fat November, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah. so what are your thoughts on it? What, what are your thoughts? I mean, so, so I remember like kind of the final straw for me was I was just trying to like pitch like semen retention and, and, and like those sorts of stories. And my editors at these like legacy media publications were like, this sounds like a, like a white supremacist movement and it's bad and all this stuff. And I was like, what the heck? Like, you know, the people who I even follow who preach this stuff are white. And then, um, um, I just remember thinking like, and then I remember like going and like Googling what like these magazines had already said about it. And it was like all just stuff like dis trying to like disprove it telling you that like porn is healthy for you and i remember being like um and i still you know you can go on vice right now and you'll read stuff like romance is nothing but like is as disposable as like a used condom just like horrible messages to the youth that are just like nihilistic anti-god like anti-health like anti-life basically um and so i remember being like wow like i can't be a freelance writer for these publications anymore and uh there needs to be a new way and then um you know i got in touch with the people at counter and uh they kind of brought me on board and uh the rest is history heck yeah man because honestly i mean so why why do you why do you think do, do these attacks always work like oh well you know i had this idea well you're a supremacist you're a white supremacist look at me i'm black what are you talking about you know what i'm saying I, like how do these work? I don't know how they work. Like, and intellectuals like actually like read these yeah, publications. Yeah. yeah, 
I mean, I, I don't know. I think that people are getting more, I think more people are kind of seeing through it and just being like, huh, like we're kind of being turned against each other by all this stuff. And, um, you know, it, it almost, I don't mean to sound like a conspiracy theorist, but it's just like, um, there's like a certain way it seems like uh, people want us to live or these elites want us to live. And it's sort of just like scared and fear and, you know, not really being together, not, you know, not being unified. And, um, yeah, I think more and more people are seeing through it, but I also think in some ways it's getting worse. Um, but I also believe anything can happen at any time, you know, at any moment, like the storm might end completely and then you might see the sunlight and everything is great and America experiences uh, a renewal and uh, we all, uh, you know, every, everything starts to get really good again and people feel like connected to their community and their neighbors and stuff like that. I think that that, that could still happen. Um, it's funnily enough, I, I have no idea how you guys might feel about this, but I think might be on this wave is uh I, that's actually why i thought the kanye presidential campaign was a good thing i think that he had a message that like you had like the republicans and the democrats and i think they're both divisive in their own ways and then you had kanye who was i think really um kind of preaching a message of true unity and i'm not even christian but i like the fact that he was um you know promoting that america's you know basically just god and that we that's something we could all unite under and um yeah so so i'm really uh i was uh, i was a big fan of that no, yeah, I, I love that thinking. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I know that it probably isn't going to be, you know, it's not going to really change. You know, it, it'll change things in like in thinking. And that's what I'm glad that like he's in there for the culture because a lot of younger kids are actually like, you know, kind of getting to that vibe where it's not like, oh, well, because there's some kids that are already going to be pulled. They're already going to be on one side or the other just based off of like where they're living and kind of like Kanye, like he transcends mm -hmm. a lot of different like areas. And it's pretty cool. It's like it pre it's pretty cool to witness and just like see the evolution of them and just even like you know people could care about like the whole paparazzi aspect like oh he's out there with so-and-so now and kim's yeah. mad and blah you know blah blah blah. but like no nah, like what is he doing right now with gap and you know freaking you know what is he doing right now and like the, the even like uh he he did a drink champs he did two drink champs and he's talking about police reform on one aspect then he's talking about break the matrix in another one you know like yeah, it's so yeah. it's so unique. It's very unique. Yeah, yeah. Kanye is a true Midwesterner. I think he he. I think people think he forgot where he came from, but I think that because he can sort of break through the Hollywood perception. You know, we we watch like the Oscars, and it's just like really rich Hollywood people just being like, "Do this, do that, America, you're bad." Um, Kanye is like a real. He he. I don't think he ever forgot where he came from, and I think that you know, being a true Midwesterner, um, you know. Uh, being who he is, you know, his mom, um, Donda was, was, you know, really taught him, I think the, these real values for all, he, you know, pro humanity values. So, um, yeah, I, I think Kanye is a great representation of the best of the Midwest and, and, um, you know, the American spirit, which is also, you know, and, and the worst of the American spirit, you know, cause it's like the egotism, the narcissism, and, and it's almost right. like it's the worst cause that's just who we are as a country. So yeah, I really feel like. No, you go, uh, you go. I was just gonna say, like, I really feel like, like you said, I really feel like Kanye West really embodies, uh, like America. If you just take a step back, right? Because he he is an innovator. You know, at the end of the day, he's always thinking, you know, new, you know, new ways to put this together with fashion and and architect and you know technology and everything like that. And that's kind of how America is, right? America is like the home of entrepreneurs right so he you know in the sense that he is like a real representation of 
uh, America and in all aspects, right? You know, you said ego, you know, he does have a pretty big ego, right? But at the end of the day, he does have a really good message for sure. Like, I, you know, Kanye West is one of my favorite artists of all time. Like, you know, ever, you know, since he just started, you know, like I, I've always listened to him because I could really relate to him because I'm not no gangster or whatever, drug dealer, Cipollina, whatever. You know, I relate to Kanye a lot more because I see myself in him, mm-hmm. you know, and yeah. and one quote that he really says that really st- stuck with me is, <clears throat> if you're a fan of me, you're not a fan of me. You're a fan of yourself. Yeah. Right. And that to me was like, whoa, like, you know, because like the type of message that 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 he puts out there is not for necessarily him, but for other people as well. So, you know, I, I really uh, like Kanye, especially those uh, interviews that he had with uh, Drink Champs, uh, both part part one and part two was really like eye opening. It really showed how intelligent he really is and how like multi dimensional in his thinkings, you know, same, same, uh, the uh, interview he had with Joe Rogan. I think, I think that was a, a really amazing interview that he had as well. So, yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, one of my favorite ones from, uh, favorite quotes from the drink, drink champs uh, interview was when he said he was a GTA character, like that was kind of like the best way to describe, like, he's like, yeah, I'm a GTA character. And I'm like rich as hell, you know, and like, I'm one of the richest characters. And it was like, yeah, okay, like I, I get that aspect. So no, I I definitely vibe with Kanye and I definitely hope that, you know, that just puts a shift on like this whole, like, you know, on our whole like culture, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not saying necessarily like Kanye is the answer. I'm saying like, we gotta have some different type of thinking and like, just, hey, if you vibe with architecture, like I do, I vibe with, then vibe with architecture. If you vibe with these different types of mediums and stuff like that, don't be afraid to go do it. Even if you look crazy, you know what I'm saying? Even if you're like, even if people are going to paint you, that's another thing about Kanye. Kanye don't give two Fs. He don't give a rat's ass, you know? Yeah, we need people like that. Everyone's so scared to move the needle and, and say things that are scary to people. And, and I just think all the best ideas are, are, are going to be dangerous because they're dangerous to the status quo. And I think that he's really someone who challenges the status quo and always has. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm a, like, we don't need to get too into it, but I'm, I'm been volunteering. I've been helping, um, kids, um, actually like, uh, recently, um, with like hip hop stuff. Like I've been teaching kids how to use like Photoshop and like record and stuff like that in Cleveland record, you know, use, yeah. Photoshop video editing, um, design, and then, you know, helping them like write music and stuff. And it's really inspiring for me to see high school kids, their biggest, their favorite artist is Kanye. And I'm just like, man. If you got like you know my uh you know if if some woman i know is like much older 20 years older than me and her favorite artist is kanye because he inspires her to be an entrepreneur and then i see 16 year old 17 year old kids who are kind of who they are starting to see kind of the way the media works and how it divides people and then that kanye inspires them to be themselves to be okay with them being themselves i'm like man you can't how, how could you hate on what this man is doing because he's really he's literally inspiring youth so what do you think about this? You think, uh, do you think meme culture helps, you know, break this whole kind of like, uh, this whole like, you know, media, this government, you know, all the, all these different like, you know, institutions, like do, does meme culture like fight this in some way? I think so, 100%. And that's kind of what this, um, this, uh, this project with this guy, Dark Iron Gaines is about. 
um, and, and just like memes in general. Um, I mean, people get radicalized in all types of ways. You, know, you could become a communist just from reading memes all day. You could, you could literally become probably like a white nationalist from just reading memes. Like memes, um, I think we're responsible for probably what happened in the 2016 election. I think memes are responsible, you know, I think memes have a lot of influence because people don't really read books or news anymore. People just like read Instagram. So um, I try to follow like a really diverse uh, amount of accounts, like from just kind of different, all different thoughts, like, um, and, and I enjoy the memes. So yeah, I think meme culture is huge because um, it's something anyone can do, you know, not everyone can go immediately be like a make movies or even sometimes make music, but anyone can make a meme. So I agree. Yeah. I definitely agree. Like, like in a world that's full of, uh, you know, like PC, very serious, like, oh, we're going to cancel if you do this. And, you know, very like, you know, not lighthearted. I feel like memes really give like, um, you know, like kind of like David Chappelle, you know, like he's very, you know, like stop being so goddamn serious all the time. You know, like he's very like, he brings light to certain situations and that's what that's what things are supposed to be man like at the end of the day we, you know it doesn't matter if you're for transgender or you're not or whatever like if we can all sit down and laugh at each other too like people don't have humility yeah. anymore right like you have to learn to make fun of yourself you know like you have to learn to you know like take in like if somebody says something it's it's a joke you know and that's how you move society forward is, is is pointing out certain things and and and, and making light of that you know so yeah i mean 100 percent um i think that's really uh i i think we're kind of breaking through that but sometimes i worry if we really really are not like maybe on the underground level we are like it's more a lot more people are doing it on underground but the messages i see coming coming from the government and media i don't know man it, it sometimes i don't know if it's getting better or worse but i think there's definitely hope and I think that because of, you know, new generation coming up and, and all that stuff, I think uh, there is a lot of hope. I think the millennials, especially the older millennials, like really were, uh, were real low. So I agree. Yeah. Like even like on YouTube, right, for an example, they had to remove the dislikes, uh, you know, because people <laughs> yeah. were really like disliking videos on like what, whatever it is, uh, either, whatever. either vaccines or yeah i read that that it was because of that like yeah everything yeah. <laughs> put out about like vaccine they were like fauci it would be so many dislikes and they removed it because of that which is just because of his uh it was because of his uh his disney plus he had a disney plus uh documentary oh my gosh and it was oh it was so cringe like I, that's another thing and I, that's a whole nother podcast is like yeah. <laughs> how are we like how are we like we're really making people into these like celebrities but why are they celebrities when they should be like being held accountable for their actions if they you know if they're i don't know that's a whole nother uh that's a whole nother happening i, I, I shouldn't say this because my building like i'm i don't want anyone to hear me but uh because that's the world we live in whatever but there's like a sign that says something like don't f with fauci and it has like him as like a roman god or whatever and i was like dude <sighs> and then it, it's so funny because i love this building like i really do because it's like environmental it's all that stuff but um the people in this building like like no one even like says hi to each other they're all like you know whatever i'm just like man like what the heck i was just everywhere else in the country everywhere else i've been everyone's so friendly and then i go to this like fauci building and like it's like the Fauci building <laughs> yeah it's just everyone's like super cold but i but i you know obviously i, I love where i live i'm just saying it's like the people i don't know man something's going on 
No, no, I definitely understand that. That's how like polarized we're getting right now. You can't even joke about it. Like I've joked about it once and it was like, I was in this room and everybody looking at me and I'm like, yo, whoa, 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 whoa. Yo, hold it back, hold it back. That's a joke, that's a joke. I want to talk about this. This would be like the last thing, honestly. Um, I think it's super cool that you're, you know, working with like younger kids and trying to like hone in some of these, like these things that can really empower them themselves. And they could they could really do a lot of cool things. So, uh, like, can you give us an example of like you know of how this like program looks? Is it a official yeah. program or is it you know? Yeah, yeah, it's um, and I, I it's a it's a nonprofit. I guess I just don't want to because you know, yeah, it's a nonprofit though, and and um, I'll keep them uh, anonymous for now. But um, I'm you know like one of my students. Um, you know he's uh he's uh he's a senior in high school. I know he's you know been through some things or whatever because I read his college essay and kind of helped him with it and um, just you know some crazy stuff. But he's an artist and um, he uh, he didn't even know how to use Photoshop um, like a few months ago. And I taught him how to use Photoshop. Um, and then he like showed me this like digital collage he made, which was like so cool. And um, you know after like a few months of just doing it on his own. And I think with him. Maybe it's kind of like, and, and this is probably actually a great note to end on, is um, it kind of goes back to even like the LEAP program is that I wanted to be for him the person who really encouraged him, like not only to teach Photoshop, which he did, which like learned the technical skills, which is, you know, the hard skills, which is important. But I try to tell him, and I think he really believes this now because I see a change in him and it's not just me. I mean, this is just, I'm just like a tiny, tiny part of this, um, just the overall program and the people he's around. But um, in his college essay, he was writing, like, I will be a great artist. You know, I will work in the music industry. And I think because I've had some experiences in the music industry, I was trying to tell him, you know, like, you can. I didn't believe in myself when I was your age. And then I started to, um, you know, there's a girl in there that she wants to be a coroner, like one of those people that dissects bodies. And um, she tells me that everyone from her you know, family to her friends, they all say that's so weird for a girl to want to be a coroner. You know, right. you're weird. I think I might have been one of the first people to ever say that's cool for for you to want to be a corner. I think being a girl, female corner, that's cool. Like like, and then you know, we sat down, we found a local female corner in the other county. We wrote an email to her. Um, so that's really like what you know. I think uh, I'm trying to do and is is um, you know really get these kids to like really really believe in themselves, not like false belief or not like. Um, you know, just just to realize that it is a lot of it is mental and, and um, you know, that um, that they can really, um, you know, if they work hard and, uh, you know, they act right, think right, you know, stay on the right path, all that stuff. You know, there, there are so many there they can accomplish their dreams or they can get, you know, it's like shoot for the moon. Even if you miss, you'll be among the stars. You know, I um, so, yeah, That's exactly so, what I was thinking. I was like, yo, you, you haven't grabbed the star. They're reaching for stars. Yeah, yeah. So, so I'm, I'm. That's what make you know. I'm real proud of that. So, pretty dope. Pretty dope, Zach. Um, Crystal, you got any last questions? Um, what are your thoughts on the metaverse? Oh man, I think bad news, man. Bad news. I, I, I. Um, it seems like probably that's where we're headed as a species. Is just like you know, we had like the industrial revolution, and now we're sort of going into like full on digital revolution, NFTs, crypto, all that stuff. Um, but, uh, I don't know, man, it's it just, uh, especially if like Zuckerberg and, and Meta or whatever are running it, that is bad news. I, I <laughs> yeah. think it's some other way, but, um, 
you know, one could even argue that the Industrial Revolution has been a disaster for humankind. You know, Ted Kaczynski, the Unabomber, uh, that's what he, that was like this famous first sentence in his book. Uh, you know, one could even go back to say the Agricultural Revolution, you know, subsistence crops, you know, it's the reason why like our teeth are bad, you know, it, it like messed up, you know, humans health. It's like why Aborigines have good teeth. This is a total tangent. I saw that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but but it's like, it's like, um, it just seems like, you know, if the metaverse, you know, people will get like more unhealthy, <clears throat> Um, mentally just insane, no dopamine, you know, addicted to dopamine. Um, I don't really know if we're like becoming better people. I think that, you know, when I look at like scholars and artists and writers of the past, they were like way more prolific than like any other, any artist nowadays. So, um, who knows, maybe good and bad. I mean, if we'll adapt whatever, but, um, if it's run by Zuckerberg, man, I, I think that thing needs to be like burned down. I think we would turn into a Wally generation where all, all those guys are in the freaking spaceship on the freaking wobble machines, only looking at the screen. That's what I think about all the time. Of like, wow, yeah. are we yeah, getting closer and closer problem. to that? Well, Zach, if you if you want to plug anything, I give you you know your minutes to plug. If you got any last messages, if you want to give your message to anybody, this is your chance. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so follow at uh, counterculture. It's just counter with an e at the end, and then culture. Uh, it's pretty much on all platforms um and uh yeah um you guys should drop your handles so because it's everyone should follow you guys too so without a doubt it's x and it's in 2024 and my instagram chris Rodriguez, youtube chrizo spotify chrizo all that good stuff all right, so, all right. got some music i'll check it out what's our media group thank you zach for the time i appreciate it great talking Peace out.